0: Hey, welcome to the Most Skateboarding Podcast. I'm your host, Temple Elliott, and I'm joined this week by Mike Munsonider and Jason from Frozen and Carbonite. Today, we're talking about Silas Baxter-Neal's new part, Open Sequence. This is park footy that most definitely counts. Silas filmed a full three and a half minute part at two city parks in downtown Portland. I've been to these parks and they are rugged as hell. Silas, what made you want to film exclusively at these two spots for this project?
1: It's always been kind of a spot in portland that you end up at because you don't really get kicked out and it's downtown and it's like in the mix so um i've skated there for years and then uh we got a couple i think we got two clips i guess the second one we filmed in like february of 2020 and um we were just hanging out there and we just started talking about it and talking about different options at the spot and thought it would be fun to try and put together a whole part of it so it was kind of like just through like banter and talking about it at the spot, just being like, oh, it'd be cool to do something over here, and then thinking there was a bunch of opportunity between the two of them to do something.
2: Have these spots been in any other videos, either like local Portland stuff or bigger ones that we um, recognize?
1: They've been in like local videos for sure. I don't think in in recent times, I don't think there's been any footage of them. Right. Actually, there was some footage of Dave Abear a long time ago. I for, I don't even know what video it was, but uh, the line, I remember, it was like he always down the stairs and he goes – up two stairs and then Nolly flips another set of stairs and it was like one of the only out-of-towners you see skate it very much the manual pad i guess was in a had a line there in uh that last video party had i think the vans video he right. did switch nose manual on the block and then came around the corner and then did switch manual drop manual i think and turps had a clip there too i think and then back in the day like nate sherwood had clips there in four and one i think but not like a real, real well-known spot outside of Portland. And it's just, it's, there's not a whole lot that's impressive there. It's just kind of a spot you go to to skate. I think it was in some Adidas edits too, the Portland edit. I think, yeah, Rodrigo did like switch foot manual across the, this high part of it.
3: Yeah, was there, were you looking to any other parts or like single or, you know, really focused sections filmed at a spot or two, like as inspiration for this? Or was it more the spot that provided that spark?
1: It was just kind of the spot, you know, like me interested in the kid who I filmed it with, we decided that we wanted to do a part there and so like we would skate there you know meet up sometimes in the morning if we didn't have anywhere else to go or like skate other places and then end up there if we got kicked out or ran out of ideas and so we just would go there a lot and just try and like look at it from different angles and i I would have ideas and you know and it would take me a while to do it and then in that time period i would think about other other ways to skate it so it was just kind of like just free flow figuring out as i went
3: yeah like you're there, you're looking, you're trying one thing, and then you're kind of like maybe looking at a new option, and the more you skate it, like, things unlocked.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. It's like, it's a weird place where there is a lot of different stuff going on and different angles and, like, weird shaped stairs and blocks and things like that. So, like, it sometimes is not super apparent what you can do at first glance, and so sometimes it just takes skating there for a while to figure it out. Yeah, that's right.
2: Yeah, like, uh, along those lines, like, what is the, uh, like, the physical context of a spot, like, is it in a residential area? Is it in like a downtown business type area? It's it's
1: in pretty much downtown, like on the kind of up towards PSU, kind of right. heading a little bit south out of downtown, but it's right near like the federal building and all the court stuff. And actually, during when everyone thought Portland was burning down <laughs> from riots, <laughs> we were skating there like every day, and we would see all these people walking in there, you know, in their protests and their protest outfits and bringing their signs and we didn't really encounter any kind of like chaos at all being like two blocks away three blocks away from all of it like we would hear noise and like yelling and cheering but besides that it was pretty wow. fun.
0: how much altering did you do to the spot like were you hitting it pretty hard with like the rub brick and that kind of thing or was it just wax
1: we rub bricked that ledge that i did like a back blunt on and then hit the stairs and do like crooked kick, grind kick, 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 flip on we mm-hmm. me and Michael McLeod rub brick that thing like two days and like not a whole bunch but a little bit and then um, the other spot like there's a ledge drop ledge that I did like grind to grind on and then I also did like tailside drop Um, those ones I fixed up a lot because I I was trying to do like hit one ledge and hit the other ledge do more tricks like that but it was really hard but I use like a, like a cordless angle grinder with like a diamond bit. And I just <laughs> did like, uh, like, in, like two hours worth of bricking in like 10 minutes. And it was just, you know, dead down there. So it was like no one was around. It was just, I mean, it was loud and there was a like big dust cloud everywhere, but there was no one about, so it ended up working out. The other one, the, the spot with like the 3 stair ledge thing, that has like apartment buildings around it on all sides. It's a little more high profile.
2: Did you do the thing where you wear like a like a yellow vest and a hard hat to like, you know, camouflage or?
1: No, this yeah. time I didn't. But I do have all that stuff just in case, like an orange safety shirt. and like a hard yeah, 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 of course. School belt. I've never I gone know, that I far. Feel like, I feel like when you're doing that stuff, the more natural you are, just like the more you're just acting like you're supposed to be doing it, the easier it is and the less people even pay attention. to. It. And even if you're like dressed up and you're feeling sketchy, then you're going to attract more attention than if you're just wearing normal clothes.
0: All right. It's all about confidence.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think people don't look at you if you look like you know.
0: How
3: different is it filming this part where it's like a really defined mission compared to just like a general board sponsor video where you're on trips, where you're doing this, maybe you're working on a different different project at the same time. Is it easier uh, in a way, or you tell me?
1: I mean, yes and, and no. I think I think that um, it's easier in the sense that you maybe like. You know, most spots you go to, you're probably going to try and do like the best thing you can do there. You know what I mean? And, and when you're filming something like this, it's like more like what I can do and like just figuring out different lines, different way to skate it. And so maybe some of the stuff wasn't like the hardest thing for me to do or like, but it just was like a cool way to skate it or an interesting way right. to do it. Or I felt like it just like, you know, would fit well in the video, you know. So it made it easier in that sense that I wasn't, I think, trying to do like the hardest stuff I can there all the time. But it, it was harder because you, you also are, like, limited in your options about what well, you can skate there. I mean, like, there's there's maybe, like, one, like, actual spot at each place that you can do, like, multiple tricks on, kind of, you know? So, like, mm-hmm. aside from that, you're just trying to find different places to ollie and do, like, you know, things here. You know, it's just, like, so you don't have a whole lot of options, so you're just really trying to, like, scratch your head for it. But I think the hardest thing was, like, knowing when to like, say it's like done kind of, you know, yeah. like cause without having someone else be like, this is your deadline. And this is what we're expecting from you. Like just being like, okay, I've worked on it for a year. That's what I had planned on, but there's still other tricks I still want to do. and But I just don't want to work on it anymore because it's fucking killing me. And, <laughs> and so, you know, I think that was the hard part where just, finally, I just like, I just called it. I was like, dude, I just, this is it. I'm not going to do the last things I'm trying.
3: <laughs> like, do you have any desire to go to either of those spots right now?
1: Uh, right now no <laughs> but yeah. maybe down maybe like in some some time passes or whatever but i mean they're cool places it's really nice because you can just skate there and it's pretty mellow and tranquil you know like the water wasn't on the whole time we were filming but when the water is on there it's like mellow and you know like you can't hear all the other crazy people around and 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 and, and the other ones like it's in this like you know courtyard area so it's like off the road and it's like kind of tucked away so they're nice places to like skate and hang out but they also are really rough and not very many options so like, I don't know, there's better things to go to right now.
0: Did you ever think about doing a line linking the two parks together? Because they're, they're yeah, like, I, close, I, but not too not too close.
1: Yeah, I think there may be, like, three city blocks, two, three city blocks. Um, I, I did think about it, but the way that it kind of flows is, like, you'd have to go uphill a ways. Like, you'd have to go, like, a block up. It's not, like, directly over to the other park. It's, like, up two blocks and over one right. or two blocks, you No, know? so you would ha- I'd end up pushing uphill for like two blocks.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's pretty boring on
1: film. <laughs> yeah,
3: That's no, super good. Fatherhood. Yeah,
2: yeah. in terms of the uh, the filming missions, would you go to these spots like just straight there, or would you go to other spots downtown and be like, "All right, we got kicked out of everywhere. Let's just go to this place," you know?
1: Uh, both. I think that there was there was a couple tricks that I like was kind of focused on at times and so like we were like that was the mission like was because I was like trying it close or whatever thinking about it a lot so it's like we went there just to get those things but a lot of them a lot of times it was either warm up there see if we can film something and move on or like like you said you know like lack of options to go somewhere else or we got kicked out everywhere and so we just ended up back there so it was just kind of you
0: know however it went. Did anybody else suggest tricks or lines or like different ways to skate it that you didn't see?
1: No not really. But I guess, you know, t- going back to one of your earlier questions about like drawing on in- other videos and stuff, Josh Matthews skated that thing, skated that park in one of his early videos, S video or think video on the two. And he did like a kickflip na- manual across the bench and then kickflip nose manual across the bench and then backside flip down the stairs. And like, I think that was one of the cooler ways to skate that place. And, and I think that I was, you know, I did a, a nose manual in 80 half cap flippers, frontside half, half, half cap flip. I don't know, something like that. And, I think that, you know, that definitely got idea of skating like that because of Josh and stuff. So right. I think I did draw on other people's stuff a little bit too. But um, as far as other people, you know, no one wants to skate that place with me, dude. I just, <laughs> there's no <laughs> one there to share ideas or to suggest anything. It was, a lot of time it was just me and Tristan. And then also, I think, you know, during the pandemic, it was just most of the time when I went out skating, it was just me and Tristan. So. Right. I didn't have you know, people don't really tell me what but I do like idea, I, I do like it when people give me suggestions. Some people hate it, but I I, I like it. Right?
0: Yeah, I was gonna say some people don't don't like that. They're like, what the fuck? Like,
1: I'm not gonna do that or like whatever. Yeah. Sometimes it bums me out like when I already had the idea and somebody suggests it, you're like, Dude, I was thinking about that, but <laughs> I don't really mind besides that.
3: Seems like kinda like it's it's unsaid, but are those spots kind of difficult and or you know, if you're not going in with the mission mindset to like unlock new stuff, are they kind of limited in what's like fun?
1: Yeah, I think that the main way that they're skated is like the it's the Ira Keller found was the, was the big the one with the big waterfalls and the manual pad up top. I think people just skate the manual pad mostly. I think that's like 99 percent of the time people go to skate there is probably the manual pad. And then there's like water gap people sometimes skate too. And at the other park, there's like a three stair that's kind of All right (laughs) but nothing else is like fun to do more than like one trick on you know like there's there's ways to skate it where you could film something or like you know like do this here or do that there but it's not really a place that you're like hanging out doing like a bunch of tricks or learning how to do your like switch tray flips or.
3: right yeah it it seemed to it, it reminded me of a spot here in minneapolis like it's another fountain kind of place and it's just a confounding thing where it looks like there's a ton of options and then you scrutinize them and they're all hard as hell. Yeah. And it, it struck me as similar, like just some of those hop and then ollies were yeah. just frustrating. It seemed like you had the one hang up on that hop up to kick flip, but I imagine that happened a couple of times with, with some of those moves, huh?
1: Yeah. I think that was like the, you know, yeah, there was a couple of hangups. There was a couple, it's just so rough. Sometimes it's like hard to get your board off the ground. Like that, I was like, I skated like up to the two, sir, then down the, six or seven stair whatever it is and where you ollie from to get up that two stair it's it's like so freaking rough that it was like i wanted to do tricks like flip tricks up it and it was just like really hard just to do like like when i was trying to switch ollie up it, i clipped a bunch of times like it was super hard and or my feet would float like the board everything would get up there but my feet would totally come off the board and that was like i think that was like the roughest spot that I remember skating. I think everyone else, everywhere else I could kind of get around the rougher spots, but that was like, you just had to always from the roughest spot.
3: That little yeah. Like, yeah. That ghost feet thing. I can totally picture that it yeah. happened to all of us probably.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's a really uh, like photogenic looking spot. It looks like one of those like plazas in like Slovenia or whatever left over from the Soviet union. <laughs> yeah. You it's sort of, like
1: blocky and like, yeah, black-y yeah,
2: black-y yeah, yeah exactly.
1: Yeah, it is. It's like, it totally looks like an awesome skate spot. And I think that's why like, the part works so well even though a lot of it's not really good to skate it just looks that way Interesting.
0: Uh, did you like alter your setup you know to account for the roughness or do you just raw dog it with your normal normal board
1: just normal board after the afterwards i started riding bigger wheels but (laughs) during it i was riding like 52s and 53s and then just recently i started riding like 55s because i just wanted to go have less effort on rough ground but and afterwards I was like, Man, I probably should have been doing this the whole time. I should actually I should have been riding like fifty fives or biggers probably like my whole life. But
0: <laughs> Yeah,
1: people tell me that and I ride fifty twos
0: and they're like, How do you do that in Portland? And I was like, I don't know. That's
1: you just get used that's to it, what you know. I'm used and, to. Exactly. And you just you know but then I was I got used to bigger wheels now and I'm like, Oh, this is this is awesome. But it was weird at first. It, I felt like it was my board was like clunkier and like harder to move around.
2: Same. SK 52 is in uh Richmond, which is I guess kinda comparable, like shitty streets or whatever. Mm-hmm. Pretty
0: pretty crusty, I guess, for some shit. I think it's Portland's a little crustier than Richmond, in my experience. Dang. Dang. It's a different kind of crust. Yeah, East Coast crust.
3: <laughs> yeah, I never thought New York City was as crusty as I thought it was gonna be, but I'm here in the Midwest that gets destroyed every like five years by winter, so
1: yeah, I mean, when I lived in Chicago, that ground was really crappy and, like, just not only, like, rough, but then you have, like, the, the gravel and the salt and all the other just debris and shit that just gets, from, from winter, from snow, just gets left everywhere.
3: Yeah, you got to wait till May, get some good rain.
1: Yeah, I was, remember thinking that downtown Chicago is going to be, like, smooth everywhere, you know what I mean? And I was kind of bummed how rough it was. <laughs> and that, that like, um, yeah, yeah, the hourglass spot or, like, the, the clock spot with all the ledges that go in all the different directions in Chicago. Remember being so excited to go there, and then going there and being like, "Man, this place is rough, and everything's hard."
3: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like nice granite tiles, but they're a little they're askew offset. after after so long.
0: Yeah, damn! I remember going to that spot and being like, "This this place is perfect." Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, maybe that was because I was coming yeah. from Norfolk, Virginia, which is like also very shitty and yeah. doesn't even have like a good ledge to pop onto. So I was just, yeah, probably <laughs> just super excited to grind something good. Yeah
1: and you know I think it's a different kind like here the like at the especially at those plazas like it's rough but it's like smooth rough it's like consistent it's like you know it's like um that is pea gravel or exposed aggregate or whatever but it's all kind of consistently sized and so rolling on it yeah it's kind of slow but it's not like a bunch of different sized chunks and bumps and cracks everywhere which is a totally different kind of rough which I think is harder to skate cuz at least you're like consistently and able to set up a, like when there's like a bunch of cracks and divots and things and
3: yeah thank you for pointing out that pea gravel like i i, I didn't know the phrase to use to describe what that grass is those aggregate but Okay.
1: a lot of people call it pea gravel or like pea concrete or something or pebble creek
2: this is some
3: high skate nerdery this is good
2: yeah. well listen if if you skate long enough you'll pick up some uh, masonry
1: yeah concrete
3: is tips. like
2: you know it's made out of like sand
1: and lime and rock you know and and water and so d- depending on what you're doing with the concrete you're going to have different size rock in there you know and, and the yeah. less you're going to want to have you know and so like stuff that's supposed to be really smooth has really small rocks in it and then when you pour the concrete and you, and you finish it you bring all the the dust basically the, the the mud the finer particles come to the top and you finish it off and it gets smooth and then if, and then when you want to expose it you put acid over it muriatic acid and then you spray with water, and the acid eats away that top layer of like fine sand or mud or whatever, and then it leaves the the pebbles. you, know?
2: hmm. so there you, do, go. you do you like have a background in uh, masonry and that type my, of thing?
1: My, my mom's a concrete finisher. She's like done concrete work for for I mean, she worked in concrete for twenty five years or something.
2: Oh, there you go.
1: So I was around it a bunch. Yep. It's
2: Sick.
3: straight up. Has that benefited you as a skater?
1: Yeah, it totally has. I mean, just like the ability to fix spots, but. Also, my mom, like, made skate spots, like, in my hometown. So, like, there's, like, um, this spot out here. It's a sewage treatment plant. And there's, like, an overflow tank where all the shit goes if it floods or whatever. it, It has, like, perfectly smooth quarter pipes on both sides, you know, walls, and then there's, like, these retaining walls, dividing sections of it, you know what I mean? And so people, like, do tricks over it. And so she, like, did all the finish work on that whole entire place. And so when I was, like, 11, she was, like, I'm building this amazing skate spot. All these kids show up with their skateboards. And I was, like, no, Mom, you don't know what skateboarding is. You don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) And, like, ragged on her. And then, like, years and years later, I went there. And, like, as soon as I walked up, I, like, had this, like, flashback memory. Like, oh, shit, this is what my mom was talking about. (laughs) Like, she knew all along.
0: (laughs) Didn't you get a cover on that spot?
1: Yeah, I did. Yeah, I got a cover on it. Ray shot it from skateboard. That's amazing. So that, was, that was a really cool, like, full-circle event.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally.
1: Yeah, her work's benefited me, and then just the knowledge of concrete has helped fixing it.
3: Yeah, I feel, I feel like we talked about it on here recently, but I, I love just being able to, like, I don't know, you, you, you see the texture or the coloration or it looks wet or it looks whatever, and you're like, oh, yeah, that might be Japan or, oh, that's East Coast, New England, etc. you know? Yeah. Our, our eyes for the different uh,
1: breeds. Like the shape of a curb or like the material is made out of, you're like, oh, those are granite curbs. That must be in Europe. Or like, oh, those are, have metal on them. Those are East Coast curbs.
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I decry the, the Midwest curb, which is like all utility, and there's always a crack because everything needs to expand and still searching for a slappy curb.
0: It's unfortunate. <laughs> slappy list in Midwest.
1: That's
3: my new handle.
0: Silas, this part is called Open Sequence. Is there like significance to that title?
1: Uh, yeah. So... <clears throat> When they were like developing in downtown Portland, they this Lawrence Halprin is like the, the architect that, do, that they hired to have do it all and, or his firm, and so he called it the Open Space sequence, which was a series of three parks that led down into the transit mall that he also designed At the top was there's like Lovejoy fountain there's like this little like source fountain, which is this like three foot tall little brick square that just has water coming out of it, and that's supposed to be like the, the source up of the mountains and then there's Lovejoy Fountain, where that, so it goes there, the water goes into Lovejoy Fountain, and then goes down to Pettigrove Park, which is in between the the, the two that I skated, and then it moves on to uh, Ira Keller Fountain, which is where, like, the big waterfalls are, which is, like, supposed to be the end. And so his, his whole significance was that it was supposed to be, like, the Columbia River starting in the mountains and then moving into the ocean, kind of, as the city. And so, that kind of, like, I, once we started filming the stuff, I started reading about the plazas, and that all sounded really awesome, and, and like, something that was interesting to me so like i, I kind of like wanted to like um i guess give like homage to that project you know with this project kind of like say that you right. know, like and so open space sequence seemed like a mouthful so open sequence sounded better
0: that's really rad but he's also
1: Lawrence halpern like a really famous architect like um landscape architect and and i don't think he did all the design work at these parks but his firm did or whatever but he also did you know e- the original emb and he did like levi Strauss plaza and and in uh, San Francisco, and then there's this park in Houston that is kind of like an old old skate spot people always skated called Waterfall Park, maybe? I don't know, but he did that one. It looks really similar. And there's like a couple other ones that are spread out that um, are all kind of skate spots. And so he's done a lot of really cool stuff that we've all ridden on. So it's it cool to learn that through this spot. You know, I didn't know any of this stuff before, so it was really cool to kind of look further into it and learn about it a little bit and then just like learn about kind of how architecture works.
0: So was it your idea to include... Those like some handwritten texts and stuff like that in the video was that your idea or did that come from like mulhern or um or yeah so
1: I, I i that was that was something that i came up with i just i just like through my reading and searching for him about the, this the fountains and about lawrence Halprin, i found a bunch of his like sketches and drawings and stuff and he has like a really cool kind of style of drawing and whatever and and i wanted to use some of that stuff in it and, and Uh, I think that the sketches might have been too much or something. So they just used the handwriting, which I thought was kind of cool too. And uh, there's a couple of the drawings. Like I think in part of it, like it's kind of faint. You see some like line drawings above the fountain Mm -hmm. that were like some of his art as well,
2: the sketches. Yeah. Along those lines, how did Mulhern, a friend of the pod, get brought in to do the edit? Was it like the Adidas connection or? So I guess
1: when you asked me when I, like how this project came about, I had had the idea previously, like years ago, yeah and wanted to do it with with Mulhern, like I had talked to him about it and i and, and like I said like you know if we ever have like a colorway shoe colorway and we have a little bit of time, I wanted to do this with him, just I just felt like he had the right aesthetic, he had done so much stuff with blueprint and like so much of his old. Like London footage, and also just like what he makes now, I think that he just like has the right eye for it. I love you know like all the sixteen millimeter stuff. I thought it would bring out the texture of the spot a lot. And, yeah, for sure. And kind of add the character that I was like thinking of. And so I wanted him to be part of it from the beginning, but because of the pandemic, he didn't really he didn't film really any of the skate clips. I think he just filmed one of them. And um, Tristan was just in town here, and like it just seemed like the right time to be doing this. Like it was just like we we're here. We have all this time, like, might as well just start working on this project that was an idea before, you know. And then so at the end, I was like, and the whole time I wanted Mulhern to edit it at least. Like, if he couldn't film it, I wanted him to at least edit it. And then he came in at the end, and he filmed a bunch of 16mm and kind of, like, got an idea. He came out and stayed for a week, and we filmed there a little bit, filmed some other stuff and back and put his magic on it. And I think it was just what it needed, you know.
3: Would you say between the time put in and staying in Portland, and then kind of the depth you went into just re- researching the background of the spots? Like, is, is is this video part a product of the pandemic?
1: Yeah I, yeah, I think so. I think that the idea was there all along. I mean, not all along, but I've had the idea for a while. But I don't think that I would have been able to give it this kind of attention and focus if it wasn't for the pandemic. I think that if I was trying to do it at a different time period, it would, you know, like I would probably want to do it with Mulhern and he would come for like a couple of days here and there, here and there, you know, and we wouldn't have so much time. And I don't know if I would have put, I, you know, I, you know, I think that it is, I think that there's a chance that I would have done it otherwise, but I don't think it would have been what it is or as much, I don't think I would have been able to put as much time.
3: Yeah. Did it turn out how you wanted it?
1: Um, yeah, I did. You know, I think that I didn't have like a solid idea of like what tricks I wanted for it in the beginning, you know? So like... For me, there's like, a, I do a line basically from the top of one of the parks all the way down through three different lines, kind of. And I think that in the beginning, that was like one of the concepts I had for it. I like, he, when Chris edited it, he didn't edit it in that way. But I just like, the concept was there for me. And I felt like that was something I wanted to show in it. And there's a few other things that I wanted to search skate certain areas. And I didn't know how I was going to do it yet. So like, as far as me being able to skate all of the spots I wanted to, yeah, it kind of came out the way that I wanted it to. I really wanted that a heat miser song and so when we got the heat miser song it really kind of like sealed the deal with it making it just like you know ha- had that feel that i was going for and so yeah i think it came out i'm happy with it i'm i'm, I'm like stoked the way it came out i think that um you know i think that chris wouldn't be on my expectations with like the 16 millimeter stuff like i think that's really cool the, the like gnats in the beginning is super awesome just like the little bugs flying around like those little things like got me stoked on it and you know and and um yeah, and Tristan killed it, too. I mean, like, Tristan put in so much time. Yeah, I can't, I'm still came out of the way better better than I expected, I guess.
3: I didn't talk to him, but I know uh, Templeton and Jason recently talked to Mulhern about his editing process, and he kind of just, you know, would go in and do it on his own. So, like, how involved with that were you, or did you just let him do his thing?
1: Uh, I just let him do his thing, and, like, you know, he would be like, yeah, you know, I, I think I bugged him more than I would normally because we I was trying – I was trying to get this out sooner than later. Like I didn't want it to come out like in August or September. I didn't, the closer we get to like the end of the year, the more like this like Sodi race comes along and like everybody stops paying attention to anything. And just, they just want to see like the biggest and the most gnar. and I wanted everything. I wanted it to come out before all that, before SOTY season. So I was like really bugging him being like trying to get him to move through it. But you know, I told him what I wanted for music. And then aside from that, he would like bounce things off me or show me a little rough jet edits right here and there. But You know, I think that in general in editing, I think it's best to let the editor do it all because they know what they're doing and they're going to have final say in the end anyway. So you just might, you know, like, you know, I guess there's things sometimes if you feel a certain way about tricks or whatever or music, then it's good to add your perspective. But I think that ultimately the people viewing it is not you and the people judging it is not you. So someone else Mm -hmm. who's not you making it is going to make a better version than you making it because you have like your own set of judgments that are not going to be the same.
3: like literally having an editor. I I guess I'm coming from the standpoint of like writing something. It's getting that outside perspective to improve it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, like you want to know what they want. You know, like you you want somebody who's reading it. You want somebody to read it who wants to read it, not somebody who wrote it to, you know what I mean? To edit it. Like, because they're they're more likely going to have closer opinions than you do for your work.
3: (laughs) No, I feel you. Can I, can I go on a tangent real quick? Um, yeah. Since you were named Skater of the Year in 2008, a different time, let's say, in skating, when it comes to that SODI season business, like, I know you were, I can't even remember the circumstances. What video part did you have, or were you killing contests? I'm like completely blank. I should have it was, researched it.
1: Uh, it was inhabitants, I think. And then yeah. I had like a Tobak video, and I think yeah. an S video, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe S came out a little bit earlier, but. Yeah, it was. Just, I think it was mostly the habitat video.
3: Okay. Yeah. So, what are your thoughts on like putting out four video parts in a year and just like the gnarliness of it? Because I know um, Miles. No, the Silvas getting me mess- messed up. Uh, Mason. Mason. Thank you. Yeah. What are What are your thoughts on that process now?
1: Um, like, you know, I just think it's like like everything in skateboarding is always changing, and I think that when i got it it was around an era like a time when things were kind of shifting a little bit it was like when things were getting really more instantaneous kind of you know and like the build-up of like a three-year video was kind of you know like i think fully flared was kind of like towards like the pinnacle of like the five-year four-year video project you know like major video you know and that came out 2008 2009 similar time period as that you know so i think that it was just, I think it's a change of way that media is viewed too, you know, now everything's much more instant people don't want to wait three years to film a video part, you know, even, and there's like a way to put it out quicker so people don't even want to hold on to their footage for that long because they just sort of get sick of waiting. And so I think that it's inevitable for things to be more like instant, like you got to put out more and more and more, you know, and yeah, it seems like there's a formula now, you know, that doesn't really attract me to like, to follow a formula and jump to the hoops to do something, you know, in general. So I don't think that, I think that seems a little weird, but I think... I don't know. <laughs> so now that skateboarding is like, you can make enough money to buy a house and things like that off of. Right. So, so now like you can't like when you are performing at your best, ripping the hardest, your sponsors are their best chance to make the most amount of money off you is right then when you're ripping. Right. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, it makes the most sense for both the skater and the sponsor to be like, you're ripping right now. We're going to put all our money and our time in, in, into you so that you can rip as hard as you possibly can. And the best thing you can get from ripping your hardest is Sodi, right? So it kind of makes sense on both ends for like the companies to push really hard for that person at that time and for that person to like strike the iron, you know? And so I get it. I understand. And like now that everyone's really good at skating and there is this formula. So you do have these steps to kind of get it. I, I get it. And, and like it is what it takes, kind of. but it's different than it was then because right. I mean, it felt much more organic and natural then because it wasn't, there wasn't as much marketing behind it, you know, like the, the sponsors weren't as putting as much money into it and they didn't have as much sway. And so it was a little different.
3: Yeah, it, that's well said. Like I'm thinking of the insanity of Mason sitting on that footage for like two more years to maybe get some better shit here and there. Yeah.
1: Like, yeah, that's crazy.
3: Just doesn't work anymore. Yeah.
1: Yeah, totally. But I mean, Thank you
3: for indulging my curiosity. You're <laughs> gonna say
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it was different. I mean, you know, like my experience, I think was different also than the person the year before me or the year before that, you know, like I didn't, I I just was doing what I, what I thought I was supposed to be doing in filming video parts and shooting interviews. And like, and I didn't think that what I was doing was extraordinary, you know? And, and I just thought that's what you were supposed to do when you're new on the scene, you know? And I think that other people had different ways about going about it, you know, like Chris Cole got it the second time for just like shredding the contests and killing it in video parts and stuff, you know? And like, that wasn't there wasn't like a huge like sponsor push behind that you know it didn't feel like but skateboarding is much different now than it was 10 years ago or even five years it changes so that. quickly and it's easy for uh i don't know i think it's easier for us to like get feel like we own it because we experienced it but it's always going on and so it to be continued to experience instead of being like this is what it was for me when i was 19 and so this is what it is i just want a the- tangent too so no no it's yeah. for the kids Love like, a tangent.
3: i swear like uh we're all on twitter all the time talking about shit and then i think every once in a while we're just like oh wait we're all a bunch of old dudes skateboarding for, for the
1: kids man they're gonna they're gonna tell us what it's gonna be like you know like we can try and keep up and we can try and like pay attention and yeah and push ourselves you know and that's what our skateboarding is but professional skateboarding will always be for the kids because they're going to be ones taking it wherever it goes oh, yeah
2: yeah. along the lines of uh what you were saying before about you know the media funnel or whatever this is something that i have always wondered about like so how did you go from all right we got this video part all edited to the main page of thrasher like how does that all work <laughs> so
1: months ago when this was starting to like look like a video project i like hit up cole at thrasher and was like hey, right. can can i have this thing can w- what can we do with it do you guys can you guys put it on there what can you guys help with figure out music stuff you know and this is the first time that i've kind of like pitched a video project my own kind of thing you know what i mean and right. he was super cool with it and he was like yeah just let me know the music the sooner the better and we'll start working from there and, you know first it comes music because that takes a long time and then like once you get the edit done then we'll figure out time wise like when it can go on you know and so, you know, it took 4 months or something like that for us to figure out that we could get Heat Miser even though it was a pretty easy label and, and their major thing was they just didn't want it to say Adidas on it. They didn't want it to be like an advertisement for Adidas. They just wanted right. it to be like a video and you know, they didn't just they didn't want their music to be a commercial. And or if they did if it wasn't a commercial, they wanted it to charge a lot more money, you know. Yeah. So if it was just like a video project they're okay with us using it or we pay them. So once the music was done, we you know, um and we finished, you know, we started sending all the footage to Chris, and he started kind of putting it together. And then we got the 16, he came out, got the 16 millimeter, and then it took a while for that to get developed. And then he actually made this little, like, weird model for the title, that, like, out of, like, architecture board or whatever, and, like, corkboard and made, like, a little thing for the title. So that took a little time. And then um, he wanted, he I don't know if Chris is super good at doing, like, um, titles and stuff. And so he had Joe Kostrussi do him. And that took a little while too, because he had to do it and then create an alphabet and Mm -hmm. all that stuff that it took to get the titles going. So that was another step. And then once it was in Thrasher, once it was like all, like we didn't really hand it over to them until it was all like nice and packaged up. And then once they got it, it was about 10 days before they put it. But at all, I mean, I think that that factor right there, like from when you hand it over to Thrasher to when it goes on the internet is like, could be anywhere from a week to two months depending on what going on and what you know and all that other stuff it can be a process i know mark had like a finished video part sitting at thrasher for like three months or something like that for some reason <laughs> just because they are like trying to get i think music was cleared but like youtube was trying they had then they also have to clear something with youtube as well i don't know it was just like there was like just like a hold up
2: that was taken. oh yeah that was with uh that verso part i remember yeah, that yeah there was just like
1: youtube was like saying like yeah you have the rights to music, you have all the rights, but we just can't put it up for this long for some reason. I don't I don't know the details, so maybe it was all a lie. Maybe Mark just didn't wasn't done.
0: It's a great excuse.
1: Yeah, yeah. The That's just like a YouTube, right thing.
0: YouTube said I couldn't put it up yet.
3: <laughs> well, my video part hasn't come out.
0: Dang. Yeah. YouTube's stealing clips again. <laughs> just can't get the rights to that Bell and Sebastian song. Dang.
3: Matador, come on.
2: Wait, I thought I thought you were skate you know skate to um. You got the look, long look, like the extended remix,
3: extended cut. Yeah, extended. Prince's estate. It's no, yeah, really difficult. Right now.
2: They can be a bear to deal with. I'll tell you, <laughs> Prince's estate. How do How do the three of you guys know each other?
0: From the internet. The
1: internet. The internet. It's a great place. Yeah, I, uh,
0: we all did blogs uh, okay. at various times, and just kind of met through that. Fans of each other's work. Yeah, and I used to live. Jason lives in Virginia, and I used to live in Virginia, so we've actually met in person. But I've known Mike for over a decade, but we've never met.
3: Yeah, <laughs> like we both did stuff for the Skateboard Mag, and I okay. think we even looked at like our own respective blogs prior to that. So it might be fifteen years, Templeton.
0: Wow. Yeah, probably the, my blog turns sixteen in August. You guys are just never gonna meet, just a uh, satellite.
3: I mean, one of these days, I'll I'll, I'll be in Portland. <laughs> one of these days these
1: days
0: come in october it's the best time to be here
3: that's the time that's good to know
0: yeah you'll be stoked if you come in october Ooh. which brings us to the end of our show where we talk about what we're stoked on silas do you uh do you have anything that you're stoked on this week I
1: cleaned up my, my garage, which is pretty exciting. It has been 10 years. So that's a really boring, exciting thing, but it's something I'm really excited about. But the other thing I'm excited about is I have a pear tree and they're getting ripe this week. They're like almost ready. And that's like my favorite thing about my yard. And my yard's like a big part of my life. So the pears being ready are like, it's pretty awesome.
2: That's yep. Great. Shout out to pears. Yep. Shout out to pears. <laughs>
1: Some people, you know, some people look out for, like, you know, CD release dates. I look at my players, you know, it's just different.
3: The bounty is different, yeah.
1: All right, Mike, what are you stoked on this week?
3: (laughs) Stoked on getting thrown to by, you know, former Sodi. That's pretty dope. Not to cook out too hard, but, yeah, cheers, man. Uh, I am stoked on the NBA finals for, like, the final time because they're done now. Um, It was sick that the Bucks won an NBA title for all my Milwaukee skate buddies. Actually, one of the last skate trips I went on was to Cream City, Milwaukee. It was a Saturday night in November 2019, and um, a bunch of guys, like, kind of, like, ghosted from the skate session, and I found them all in the skate park office watching a random Bucks game in November, so it's super fun <laughs> for those dudes to have, um, have that title because I know, like, uh, Bill at Cream City and my buddy Pat, you know, they're, they're, they're Bucks diehards, and then um, – we recently had a discussion about Mary Carrillo, who interviewed Alexis Sablone for the HBO Real Sports with Brian Gumbel. And I'm, I'm, I'm stoked on this old Mary Carrillo rant about badminton, which is like, it's from, I think, the 90s. I think it's from, yeah, an old Olympics or maybe 2004. I forget the year, but it's a timely clip that pops up on Twitter, you know, every now and then. Great rant about Olympic sports, so it's in the show notes, Templeton. You can link to that. Jason, what are you stoked on?
2: Well, a uh, few hours south of Portland. There's a little city called San Francisco, and there's a hard goods company out of there called Venture Trucks. Stoked on their trucks. Also stoked on a little video out of France by Quentin Boyan called It's just called HDV. As you might guess, it's still mostly at the Hotel de Ville plaza but it's a little different take on it um from your usual like elas ledge ninja stuff it's more like i hate this term but you know, creative more like magenta quickfoot type of shit so that was pretty interesting stoked on that also stoked on my new guitar it is an epiphone explorer which is like the more affordable made in china version of a gibson explorer but for my purposes like figuring out 80s metal songs and shit like that it's um yeah it's pretty tight so stoked on that. And Templeton, what are you stoked on this week?
0: I am stoked on my Birkenstock clogs. Uh, the official name is the Bostons. They're just like super comfortable. Uh, I think me 10 years ago would never believe that I'd be wearing these, much less like going out in public in them. So um, stoked on the Birkenstock Bostons. Go out and get you the pair. Great for like the post-session recovery. Yeah, I back them. Also stoked to have Silas on the show. Thanks so much Hell for yeah. coming on the show and talking about yeah, this part. Thanks for, having yeah, thanks for me.
3: taking the time, man. Yeah.
2: You know, I Tactics
1: will... makes some, some cheap versions of those uh, Birkenstocks loafers. we <laughs> Boston will have to take a look. Yeah. <laughs> the river version, so you can lose them. Oh, nice. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: really? thanks for having me, though. I appreciate being here.
3: Yes, sir. Yeah, thank you. And I'm pretty sure I saw Rick Howard on an Instagram story today in Birkenstocks. Not Boston's, but he was wearing Birks.
1: Dude,
0: if Rick Howard can do it, then it's all game. For real. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's it for our show this week. Be sure to check out mostly skateboarding.net for links to the things that we talked about and other show notes. Until next time, you can keep up with us all week online. Jason, where can the people find you?
2: On the Twitter, at Carbonite1994. On the Instagram, at Frozen And Carbonite writing stuff for CornersNacks.com. Uh, working on it. Mike, where can the people find you?
3: I'm on both Twitter and Instagram at m munzenreiter.
2: Silas, where are you
3: on
1: the internet? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm on Instagram, Silas Baxter Neal. You can find me there, or you can YouTube me.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, Templeton, where are you at on the internet? Uh, I'm on Twitter at mostly skate and on Instagram at mostly skateboarding. See you guys next week. Later. Peace.
4: Cross this corner pin my eyes